0: This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin, with support from New Zealand On Air.
1: Do you say and do things when drinking that you regret the next day? Is alcohol a problem for you or someone you really care about? Over the next hour, we'll find out how people just like you and me found sobriety in AA through sharing their experience, strength and hope. Welcome to AA Live, brought to you
2: by Alcoholics Anonymous.
1: Welcome along everybody to another edition of AA Live. It's lovely to have you out there Um, and we've got the whole team assembled here waiting to to deliver another show. And uh, so, hi, Jenna, and Chrissy. Nice to see you both.
0: Hello, Tony. How are you?
1: I'm good. Thank you. How's your uh, week been since we've last talked?
0: Oh, look, I've been so busy, actually. Yeah. I don't know how. It, it's really odd. I've had lots of thoughts this week about how on earth did I find time to drink.
1: So, life's actually getting in the way you're drinking, not you drinking, getting the way of your life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Life no, is it, just, yeah, it's taking over. You yeah, know, it is. I'm not <laughs> complaining. It's very exciting. Life is actually really exciting at the moment. So, I'm pretty pleased.
1: And how are you, Chrissy? How are you getting on?
3: <laughs> I'm good. I've been busy this um, last week, just um, helping out a friend mainly. And um, yeah, it's great just to have that time to do things, you know, because when I was drinking, I couldn't give a toss about anybody else. <laughs> yes. no, quite, no, to be no, quite blunt, you yeah. know. Do no, no, be blunt. And I was <laughs> like, the only thing I was interested in was what have you got to drink and how can I get it off you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, my life's uh, been good and busy.
1: Well, let's start with something, um, I think, you know, let's start with something radical and new, um, not so much for us, but perhaps for the listeners out there. Uh, Perhaps we'll start the show with our usual serenity prayer and we'll hand it over. Sounds
0: like a good plan.
1: God, God,
0: grant grant me the serenity serenity to to accept the things I cannot change, change, courage to to change change the things things I I can, and and the wisdom wisdom to to know the the difference. difference. Thank you, Tony. Right, I'm just going to start by greeting you all. Welcome. It's lovely to be here this evening uh, with the uh, AA preamble. Here we go. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength and hope with each other that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organisation or institution. Does not wish to engage in any controversy. Neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay, stay sober sorry, and help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. I really like that but because... Mm. It always says to me about the no dues and the no fees, and I always think, "Isn't it wonderful? How I've found my recovery, and it hasn't cost me." Yeah, and I'm an yeah, yeah, to a doctor right, yeah. or a specialist, that's or right. a, I'm quite pleased with that. Yes, I like reading can, that. You Thank can, you for that. You
1: can get well in the rooms, can't you? Mm.
3: Yeah, mm. exactly. Mm. I would like to just—well, um, I'd like to just um, say to you that, or offer to you that our opinions are just that. Um, they are our opinions and not necessarily that of AA as a whole. So whatever you hear on this radio station, just remember that um, they're not necessarily AA opinions, they're just our own opinions.
1: Yeah, thanks, Chrissy. I appreciate that. I mean, yeah, it's so true. Um, you know, um, You know, everyone has a view. And, um, exactly, and
0: yeah. three recovering alcoholics yeah. certainly do. And, you know,
1: although some <laughs> things might be the same, others, you know, other th- um, things might be different too. So, mm. you know, um, look, with that said, um, I'd like to read out of our big book. Um, uh, we, we do this quite a lot, but I, I, I think this resonates with a lot of people. It certainly resonates with me, and the big book sort of has a way of describing the alcoholic from an alcoholic perspective. And um, I, I find um, the way it's put together um, quite It resonates with me quite deeply. So I'd just like to share this um, with you. Uh, And this is chapter three, more about alcoholism. Most of us have been unwilling to admit that we were real alcoholics. No person likes to think he is bodily or mentally different from his fellows. Therefore, it is not surprising that our drinking careers have been characterised by countless vain attempts to prove that we could drink like other people. The idea that somehow, someday, he will control and enjoy his drinking is the great obsession of every abnormal drinker. The persistence of this illusion is astonishing. Many pursue it into the gates of insanity or death. We learnt that we had to fully concede to our innermost selves that we were real alcoholics. This is the first step in recovery. The delusion that we are like, or presently maybe, has to be smashed. We alcoholics are men and women who have lost the ability to control our drinking. We know that no real alcoholic recovers control. All of us feel at times that we were regaining control, but such intervals, usually brief, were inevitably followed by still less control, which led in time to pitiful and incomprehensible demoralisation. We are convinced to a man that alcoholics of our type are in the grip of a progressive illness. Over any considerable period, we get worse, never better. We are like men who have lost their legs, they never grow new ones, neither does there appear to be any kind of treatment which will make alcoholics of our kind like other men. We have tried every imaginable remedy. In some instances there has been brief recovery, followed by always still worse relapse. Physicians who are familiar with alcoholism agree that there is no such thing as making a normal drinker out of an alcoholic. Science may one day accomplish this, but it has not done so yet. Despite all we can say, many who are real alcoholics are not going to believe that they're in this class. By every form of self-deception and experimentation, they will try to prove themselves exception to the rule, therefore non-alcoholic. If anyone who is showing inability to control his drinking can do right about face and drink like a gentleman, our hats are off to him. Heaven knows that we have tried long enough and hard enough to drink like other people. Here are some of the methods that we have tried. Drinking beer only, limiting the number of drinks, never drinking alone, never drinking in the morning, drinking only at home, never having it in the house, never drinking during business hours, drinking only at parties, switching from scotch to brandy, drinking only natural wines, agreeing to resign on the job if ever drunk, taking a trip not taking a trip, swearing off forever, with and without a solemn oath, taking more physical exercise, reading inspirational books, going to our farms and sanitariums, accepting voluntary commitment to asylums, we could add this, we could add to the list ad infinitum. Um, and I, I certainly believe that that's what, um, you know, that's what my drinking was like. There was a, a very much bargaining my way through life and drinking. Um, mm. Yeah, and it just wasn't working out. It was getting worse every day, um, you know. So anyway, that does resonate with me. Does it resonate with you guys?
3: Absolutely, it resonates with me. Um, The first time that I think I heard that reading um, was maybe the first time that I was able to identify as an alcoholic because, you know, I'd done things like I'd sat at home and I thought, I just won't buy it. If I don't (laughs) buy it, you know, it's like that old food adage, if I I just don't buy it, I just won't drink it. Mm. But then I'd go and get some or... Um, Oh I think it's um, If I'm going to drink wine And I'm going to cut down on wine Then I'm going to drink the really expensive wine Mm. And just little stupid things Like I don't think I'll drink wine I'll drink beer
0: I know that one about the expensive wine. I did that where I thought I wouldn't wouldn't buy as much because it costs more. Yes. And it will. It'll just. It'll be nice wine. Therefore, I won't have to drink so much. That didn't last long.
4: No, no, no. <laughs>
0: the, <laughs> the clear skins were in there before you knew it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, I like that reading. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, guys. Um,
1: let's uh, head home to a music track now. We've got a uh, bit of Boxcar Willie, and this is Six Days on the Road.
5: Well, pull down to Pittsburgh, rolling down at Eastern seaboard Got my diesel wound up, and she's rolling like I never before There's a speed zone ahead, all right But I don't see a cop in sight Six days on the boat and I'm gonna make it home tonight I got me ten forward gears and a Georgia overdrive Taking little white pills and my eyes are open wide I just passed a Jimmy and a white. I've been a passing everything in sight. Six days on the road, and I'm gonna make it home tonight. My baby goodbye I could have a lot of women But I'm not like some of the guys I could find one to hold me tight But I could never make believe it's right Six days on the road And I'm gonna make it home tonight Well, I see, see Is a checking on down the line And I'm a little overweight And my logbooks books are way behind But nothing bothers me tonight and them scales, alright. Six days on the road, and I'm gonna make a home tonight. Well, my rig's a little low, but that don't mean she's slow. There's a flame from the stack, and the smoke blowing black as coal. Well, my hometown's coming in sight. If you think I'm happy, alright. Six days on the road, and I'm gonna make a home tonight. Six
4: days on the going
1: to make home tonight. You're listening to a live show in association with our friends from Otago Access Radio on 105.4 FM.
0: I am really lucky this today. I have a guest here, Harry, who's a, a fellow member of AA with me who uh, went and he started on his journey before me um, and I met him I think he was six months or maybe a little bit more maybe six months when I first met Harry and I have to say folks I have watched him and his development, and I feel very honoured today that he has said um, he would uh, chat to me about his his journey and how it goes, so welcome Harry, how are you?
2: Yeah, I'm good, thank you for having me and it's great to be of service.
0: Oh look, it's great to have you here, it's wonderful, thank you. Um, I just wanted to probably start off today with that... Um, we talk about the, our lives becoming completely unmanageable and I wondered if you wanted to just uh, talk about how that happened for you and what you sort of uh, experienced, I suppose.
2: Yeah, uh, absolutely. So for me, unmanageability or unmanageable and um, relating that to my alcoholism... Um, The fact, or every time I took that first drink, um, I had no control over what I was going to, over what was going to happen. From what I would say, what I would do, how I'd behave. And um, if that's not unmanageability, I don't know what is. I kind of liken it to an analogy like... To run a good business, you've got to have good management, and um, if that business isn't isn't run from a from a good management point of view, um, that business will go bankrupt. Mm, absolutely. And you know, if I bring it back to my alcoholism, the unmanageability got so bad that I ended up spiritually bankrupt and 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 all aspects of my life, and. Um, It got me to a point of of, um, absolute hopelessness and utter defeat. And I was broken. I was broken into and um, couldn't see a way out. Mm. Yeah.
0: It's not a nice place to be, is it?
2: No, it's not. But, you know, it's good to draw back on that experience and and see, you know, how far you've come. And... um, you know different living a different life, I can manage myself now that I'm I've got some sobriety, and it's and an amazing feeling.
0: Yeah, I must say, I do wake up with my days, and it's a whole different day to what it was, you know, 18 months ago. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's a good way to be. Tell me when it came to your uh decision to do something about it what was it that made you do that like did you have a specific occurrence that happened that made you think right I really need to wake up here or um, what was it that moved you to it
2: yeah so so you know I spent 25 years in full-on pretty much full-on alcohol addiction and there was many a time I woke up and and um, I would say to myself that you know this is it. I can't do this anymore. The the hangovers are, are are too too strong. It was taking me two or three days to recover. And and you know people say if you're an alcoholic you don't get hangovers. Well, from my experience that that's not true. Um, I'd be hungover and then continue to drink through it, power my way through it to to try and ease the jitters. But um, back to yeah the point. I guess um, I I could see how much I was destroying everyone around me, and I had some good stuff around me, and um, you know children. Are, you know I'm a father, and um, I could see it was just breaking my my girl's heart seeing the, the the state I was getting and 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 the way I was behaving and. You know that's not an example i want to set for my children um so you know i come i come into the fellowship and and i can turn that around and be be a better father so ultimately that that's where it is and um you know i guess you just get to a point where i was just so you know it's a cliche but i was so sick of just being sick all the time and um I was just ready to do something about it, and and I'm very grateful for that because, um, man, you can turn turn things around, you know, and it's it's great to be alive, you know, and and at times I just, you know, there were points where I just didn't want to live, all I lived for was the bottle, I was a slave to the alcohol, and that's completely different today.
0: Yes, the insanity of it, isn't it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, um, you know, we come back to that unmanageability, and uh, the thing was, like, I, I knew my life was unmanageable, unmanageable, but I just, I, I had no way out. I felt there was nothing I could do about it. And, um, you know, alcohol, alcoholism, it's, it, it's, it centers in the mind, and, um, that rings so true for me. I was, um, every every living moment was my thinking was around how am I gonna get loaded, can I get through my day of work and the reward at the end of that's a drink, but you know, most normal drinkers they, they can have one and and leave it at that. If I have one I don't know when it's gonna end and um, you know that's the power that's the power of this disease. It'll it'll slowly strip away everything and I'm just fortunate, you know, I still have, have my children in my life and and a, a loving partner. Um, so, yeah, I feel very fortunate.
0: Tell me, when you first started drinking, Harry, was it something out of control for you from the beginning or was it something that developed through time?
2: Um, yeah, good question. So, you know, I was born in the early 70s. Um, so things are obviously a lot different now. There's a lot more education around this, which, which I think is great, but there, there could be a hell of a lot more. But yeah, so I, I had a real early drunk at a young age. Um, I still remember it now. And then I had a, another one in my early, very early teens. And, um, it was really, really messy. There was police involved and vomit and whatnot. And, um, yeah. And I would have thought that having those experiences at a very young age, you know, the fact that I still remember it, um, say something in itself, but, um, I continued to, to build on that and, um, yeah, it just had all power over me and, and I was hopeless to, to control it. I was smoking, um, cannabis when I was going to high school, hated school, um, Left when I was fifteen, got a job, and so I was earning money. And um, all I was, all this guy wanted to do was party and, and be the cool guy and make friends. And and alcohol enabled me to do that, you know. Um, and yeah, look out. That that was so. Yeah, from from sixteen, I could count on one hand the the good times that I had. And yeah, that's pretty sad, really. Um, it wasn't all bad, but it was, yeah, it, there was there was very few far in between good times, put it that way, because I would always have to take it to the next, past the the sociable side of it. I would have to get absolutely blottoed and, and, and then back it up the next day. That, that's, that's just the way it was right from the start, yeah
0: that's just uh that's a frightening prospect but one that i think is very common within all of us when we talk about our, our experience with alcohol um that it, it it's something that that all we think needs to be fed it's uh you know we just want to feed the beast constantly don't we
2: yeah well you know the the mental obsession and and, mm. and i can relate to that i mean God, every living moment was just centred around alcohol, um, yeah, so, yeah, it's interesting, I, um, I knew it was bad before, pretty much before my 21st, um, and then, um, I thought it might be a good idea if I leave my hometown, so, so I, I moved about two hours up the road and, and thought, you know, I'll get a fresh start, and, um, always worked. I I feel, you know, I was very much a functioning alcoholic because um I was always taught, you know, um, if you're gonna drink heavy, you back it up and the next day you get your ass to work and and um, you know, in some ways I guess that's why I went for so long. Um I was Fortunate enough I was earning good money working um, for a logging contractor and I thought to myself you know you can't keep drinking all this money away and um, I saved a bit and and, and managed to buy a house so I was responsible and I was paying my mortgage but I was drinking almost at that point on a a daily basis by then but you know um, managing to do work. there was always beers in the workman, and, and then that would just continue on. And yeah, um, it just stemmed from there. It was just very much a work hard, play hard environment. And, um, I was right in amongst it and I couldn't get enough of it. And, and yeah, I just thought I was the best thing out. But, um, as you go along, it becomes, more and more controlling and it just takes little bites out of time for me and um you know if I'm waking up on a Saturday morning from a big Friday night and then backing it up again and then having another big having a Saturday night and then waking up on the Sunday and doing it again um <laughs> You know, there's, there's warning signs there, but I, I just never saw them. I just honestly thought that was normal and that's what my head was telling me. So, um, yeah, that was the trend for that period. And then, then I moved down. I was fortunate enough. I moved down south and, um, I thought, oh, this time it'll be different, you know, a new location and, and, um, you know, it was for a little while. I tried to, tried to manage it the best I could, but yeah, I just fell back into those 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 same old, old habits and and you know along the way I made some beautiful relationships and met some wonderful people and and um, I could semi control it for a while but sooner or later the you know the that calling for the more and more alcohol was was just too strong and, and I'd revert back to my old ways and ultimately destroy you know some really really wonderful moments in my life um yeah what a life lesson
0: yeah that's um that's also seems to be a common thread through all of us that uh, we've we've uh, continued on or we've tried to manage it i think is the word you used and it just doesn't work
2: well, that's it. Like, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but I always thought I could control this. Um, yeah, I think, and that's why it took me so long because I knew there was an issue, but I had no, no tools or, or means to, to control it. And the more I tried to control it, the more painful it got because, um, if I, I could go about two days, but then I would start getting I was starting to get shaky I'd get really grumpy and um, to put everyone out of their misery um, in some ways I was told just to have a have a drink Harry you know um, because yeah I was acting like a like a drunk um, without the alcohol and then once I took. Took, took the drink, I, I felt like I was calm when I was away again, but then once again I took that one drink and and I was off, and I, I could stop that night, sometimes, or it could go for a week, a month, or sometimes even two months, and um, yeah, I just felt like there was no way out. And uh, and in the end, it just got too much, and, and yeah, life, life really wasn't worth living.
3: I'd just like to introduce the daily reflection um, as a spirit lifter for today, May the 18th, and the title is Freedom to be Me. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. And that's from Alcoholics Anonymous, page 83. My first true freedom is the freedom not to have to take a drink today. If I truly want it, I will work the 12 steps and the happiness of this freedom will come to me through the steps, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. Other freedoms will follow, and inventorying them is a new happiness. I had a new freedom today, the freedom to be me. I have the freedom to be the best me I have ever been.
0: I like that reading. Thanks, Chrissy. That's a nice reading, that one.
1: Yeah. So, what, what are some of the freedoms you think that you guys obtain?
0: Oh my gosh, my freedoms! I have so many. Hmm. <laughs> not, not being tied down anymore to so the alcohol, obviously, is massive. So there's money freedom. Hmm. <clears throat> there's uh, uh, peacefulness. There's the freedom to be able to sleep properly. There's, the f- there's, there's. Uh, you don't realise actually a lot of the things that are happening in your life of people not trusting you, people looking at you differently, and you're not really realising that a whole part of being able to be me. Look, I, I didn't think I was a very good person at all. I didn't have a very uh, High worthiness of myself. So I don't feel so much like that now. I'm discovering who me is. Mm. Uh, it's really, yeah, I had drowned me, basically. Yeah. Mm, so, yeah, for me, it was, um,
3: it first became apparent when I was talking to another person in recovery and I was like, oh, I don't know what to do today. You know, I was in the post, uh, I was in early recovery and I was a bit bored. I didn't realise how much time I spent drinking. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I had all this time and I was like, oh, I don't know what I'm, you know, what are you doing today? I don't know what I'm going to do. He said, and he just turned around to me and he said, Chrissy you're free Mm. Mm. you're free to do anything you want in the old days it would have been inside with the curtain shut drinking a bottle of wine i was free and at that moment that freedom really struck me That, that he said to me you could go for a walk on the beach and that was the start of me going on the walking on the beach incidentally but i could do anything and for me it was that feeling of not ha- being controlled by something. Yeah, that, that mm. losing that control. M- that's the most massive one.
1: Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I hope the boss is not listening, but I've, I figured out that I didn't have to work so hard
0: because... Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I have um, too. I wasn't
1: paying for my addiction as well, you know. Um, yeah,
0: yeah so, absolutely. Sorry, boss. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm not working so hard anymore.
0: I realised the same. I actually, uh, I uh, in recovery, I closed my business. Mm. and changed my vocation completely because I didn't need to work that hard and I didn't need the stress. I realised I didn't have to actually have that.
1: Change is coming, isn't it? But it's good change.
0: It's great change. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Well,
1: uh, let's head back into our interview um, and carry on with that.
2: Yeah, if if I head into my recovery, I mine was very um it was very structured it's interesting because yeah if i just back up a bit i did come into the rooms oh this and this is a rough 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 guess four or five years ago so i was aware that i had a problem um obviously i wasn't at a point where i could admit that um and and i come into the rooms and i think i did about three meetings you know what, I, I just made up my mind. I said, no, nah, this is not for me. I can't do this. You know, we're, we're holding hands and we're doing the serenity prayer. And I was, I, 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 honestly, I think I said they're just a bit too happy clappy for me. And, you know, it was just a, a convenient excuse because I wasn't in no way getting real about this. And, and the other thing that, that I see now is that I was doing it for someone else, I was doing it to save my relationship and I thought I could buy my time you see I, us alcoholics we get quite cunning and we think of great ways to get around things and to maintain whatever as long as it well for me it didn't interfere with my drinking so I thought you know if I show that I can go to a few meetings um, maybe I'll you know I can save my relationship and 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 for a wee while there I did you know um, but then that 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 dreaded fear of that drink come back, and, and and I needed that relief. My mind told me that's what I need, and that's what I acted on, and then I wonder why it all just turns pear-shaped, and um, I'm a mess. Everyone around me that I hold, you know, that is dear to me, that I genuinely love, um, I was just single-handedly destroying that. So, yeah. Um,
0: yeah, we get a bit belligerent, don't we, when someone tells us to uh, pull our heads in with our drinking?
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, you know that—that's the hard thing about you know um, people watching us just destroy ourselves. And and, and um, you know they are though the the compassion's there, but they just don't understand the the power that you know an alcoholic at drinking has over that person it is a disease and and like i said it centers in the mind and um yeah man it's powerful stuff so you know i i did lots of um counseling um around you know to to try and help me with my drinking and 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 other things which was very helpful um you know where drinking wasn't involved but it always come back to that and um i'd be asked you know how much do you drink and not half that amount and and they were saying that you know well that there's that a lot of um alcohol to consume and i was thinking man if only you knew what i was really drinking you know
0: yeah there's so, that cunning comes back out doesn't it The yeah, lying, the lying, yeah,
2: cunning, the, yeah. I, ju- I just wasn't being honest and um mm. you know it Alcohol was was the love of my life. Unfortunately it's sad to say that I put it before anything. Alcohol was at the top of the list. And um you know that that's where this thing will take you. But um so yeah, yeah, I got plenty of plenty of um counselling and whatnot and, and help around that to try and solve it, but um I'd just revert back to my old ways and um yeah, one day I, I just woke up full of dread and fear and I was just, yeah, sick of life and didn't know what to do. So so I reached out, I, I picked up the phone and I reached out to the local Salvation Army and... Um, And, man, they were amazing straight off the bat. Oh, that actually, that comes to mind now. So, yeah, I actually visited the Salvation Army as well about two years prior to getting sober. And I went in and met met the the guy and all that, and we talked about it. And I was slowly opening up to this and and getting real and, and said, you know, alcohol is controlling my life. Um, but unfortunately, that was as far as I got. So I had to go another two, two and a half years. And Number man. Two years of research? And I just, mm. it ramps up, man. I ramped it up. Something, something shocking. But still managed to hold down my job. And yeah.
0: So when you had your last drink, did you think it was going to be your last drink?
2: No, no, I didn't. It was just another bender of a night out of control drinking, and um, yeah, I'd I'd said a few things and and upset my partner and and she removed the children from the house, Um, it wasn't pretty, and that was the first time she did it, and um, they come back in the morning because they left in a hurry because they had no clothes and whatnot for school the next day, and I remember looking at my daughter and the pain and, and hurt on her face. It was just—I know, never forget it. It's a great motivator. That uh, mm. you know, a great reminder of of where you know that I don't want to revert back to this. And and I could see in her eyes that I was destroying her life. And yeah, that was that was that was the turning point. And I just thought to myself, I just can't do this anymore. I need help. And um, for me to ask and reach out for help was um that was a really big call for me to make because i never asked for help i could always do it my way but i was done and if i didn't sort this out alcohol was going to do me and i didn't want that after seeing the look in my daughter's eye
0: yeah it's a scary thing you did a really strong thing that's pretty amazing do you tell me about life now like for you the way you live now and how is it are you, are you enjoying life
2: yeah it's, it's pretty amazing you know um yeah if I just quickly mention so I did eventually get into the Salvation Army and I and I volunteered myself into rehab um mm-hmm. so you know that, that that was the start of it um and yeah I did did a nine-week program um yeah a treatment program and so you yeah, know I had to come clean and, and take time off work etc and but it was the best thing I could have ever done because I just let the fog clear a wee bit and I actually like learnt that you know how controlling and powerful and, and how the disease works and um, out of that come I had to do three meetings a week and, and that's where I really found the fellowship and um,
0: Did you find your work was understandable or was that a... Were there more people around you ready to support you than you realised?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Amazing support, um... I don't work for that company now, but I do, um, yeah, I went to the manager and he was just blown away because I've always turned up to work, I was hardly sick, I didn't call on sick, I just ground my way for it, I must have stunk of alcohol because, man, but um, yeah, so supportive, so supportive. just yeah amazing and once you know i said to my family and and close friends and that everyone just rallied around me and and you know that that's a big part of the start of my early recovery is that i just knew people had my back um obviously there were some people that are upset along the way and and you know they had a bit of an axe to grind and i get that you know because um you know, the, oh, I told you so, I knew you it was like that. And, and look, fair play, you, you, you know, um, as I go along this journey more, you know, you dive more into that, what, you know, how you behaved in the past. But, um, yeah, I had amazing support and, um, you're really, really grateful for that. And I still, I keep in touch with my old manager every now and then and guys that I work with that are close to me and, you know, how's it going? They check in and, and that's cool. That's really cool. Open and honest, and um, yeah, that's 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 it's unreal.
0: It's a life you didn't expect you would have.
2: Yeah, exactly. You know, it was at the start. It, it was tough. Um, it was really tough. Like it was like mourning. It was like someone had died. I and I was just like, how am I gonna do life without? without my best friend, without the love of my life, you know? And it sounds crazy, but I just... How am I going to do life without alcohol? Because, um... You know when you put down the drink you've still you're still I'm still left with me and and my problems you know and some of them some of them can be quite big and some of them can be so trivial and that's sometimes it's the trivial ones that just (laughs) splow out of control and you know if it's left unchecked that's what the problem uh, programs taught me if it's left unchecked um you know, it, it could lead lead me back to, to taking that first drink and it's the first drink that will get me. It's not the 100 after that, it's that first drink. If I don't pick up that first drink, mm. I can, you know, live a life that's that's reasonably manageable most of the time and not unmanageable and that's that's what sobriety, that's that's one of the key things that this thing is about. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I come, out, I come out of the treatment program with the bridge, who they are just they're just amazing, amazing people. Um, you know, the help is there if, if you're willing to to reach out for it. And um, obviously, I was doing my three meetings, and um, you know, I, I, I connected. Or I connected with a lot of people, but I, there was one person in particular that I, I could relate to, and he had really good sobriety and shared a strong message. So I asked if he would um, be my sponsor. And um, I got out on the Friday, and, and I'd spoken to him during the weekend, and um, we went and had tea in in a pub, and um, and you know we just got to know each other, and and then we went to a meeting, and and you know I've still got that same sponsor, and. Uh, and and it's amazing what you know what what he's shown me how to do how to do the steps in the program and and you know i can honestly say on it's surely slowly but surely i i'm getting i'm getting i don't know if relief is the right word i'm learning to live a life in sobriety that is is it's just like nothing that i ever ever thought that i could do and you know, it's a it's a powerful thing when you when you experience that, you know. The program for me it's not about learning and ticking boxes, it it really is about experiencing aspects of, of your life that you know, when the going does get tough and things seem a bit hopeless, that there's no thought around taking a drink to solve that or fix it, which was, you know, I did that for 25 years of my life. That's what the program's given to me. And, um, you know, it's, 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 it really is a truly uh, a wonderful feeling to, to actually want to live life without alcohol. And I can't believe I'm saying that, but that, that's, that's the honest truth.
0: Yes, wonderful. it's wonderful uh, look Harry I've watched you and like I say you've been one of those people for me that's been a beaming light in the room that's somebody I've looked at f- that's helped me and uh, I have to say it's been a real privilege listening today thank you very much for sharing that with us I, I'm, you know, it's, it's, it's a great journey it's a great experience
2: it is you know there's, yeah, I just hope if anyone's listening to this and and they do you know feel like they are suffering from from alcoholism, you know Dunedin is a has a great community uh based in and around this fellowship, and um yeah, I'm just so grateful for the people and 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 the love and and the the compassion, and you know I really feel like I belong, I'm a part of something and um mm. You know, to yeah, to keep what I've got. You know, I must give it away. And um, yeah, it's just a it's just a a wonderful way of life. And um, yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Absolute pleasure. Thanks, Harry. Take care, and I'll uh, see you at the next meeting.
3: <laughs> this is a reading from As Bill Sees It. Um, As Bill Sees It is a little book. Um, written by one of the co-founders. And today is called today's is called Freedom Through Acceptance. So we've got a bit of a freedom uh, theme going here. We admitted we couldn't lick alcohol with our own remaining resources. And so we accepted the further fact that dependence upon a higher power, if only our AA group, could do this hitherto impossible job. The moment we were able to accept these facts fully, our release from the alcohol compulsion had begun. For most of us, this pair of acceptances had required a lot of exertion to achieve. Our whole treasured philosophy of self-sufficiency had to be cast aside. This had not been done with sheer willpower. It came instead as a result of developing the willingness to accept these new facts of living. We neither ran nor fought, but accept we did. And then we began to be free. That's a great reading, and you know, it, it just speaks to me of, oh, I don't know, just the impressiveness of um, the 12-step program.
0: Does it really? Yeah, okay, that's really interesting.
1: Well, I mean, you know, when I, I started to sober up those early days, I couldn't sleep. I didn't know how to. I needed to be unconscious.
4: Yeah. But,
1: you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? I was learning to rest in this program. You know, and and, and when you first start out, it, it seems quite rough because it's quite foreign. Um, and you know, you're going through that transition stage of of losing that poison in your in your system. You know, and um, um, you know, it's it's not easy. Um, but you know, well, after a while, I realised when the benefits started to happen that. I didn't know how to rest, I spent years fighting and struggling and trying to solve this issue that basically frightened me because I couldn't understand what was going on. I thought I was just bad, you know, <laughs> I didn't realise that there was this deep addiction going on um, that I had no control over whatsoever. Um,
0: yeah, absolutely. So, I resonate with
1: that. Yeah, you know, um, so it, 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 the early days, it's a paradox. The early days seem quite rough. They feel, feel quite hard. You know, and another thing we were talking about was time. I was free to have, do all these things. Well, I was all frightened because I didn't know what to do.
0: <laughs> well, actually, you end up having the freedom to have the time to recover.
1: Yes, and that's exactly that's
0: what I, what I found, yes. that yep. one of the things for me was that I all of a sudden had – the time available for my recovery, that was really pertinent for me. That was quite um, a major. And also I know I had been in survival mode for 30 years of I must survive. I I just, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. And running from the next thing to the next thing and then all of a sudden, yeah, like you say, your routine is completely gone. And that freedom to Oh, yeah,
3: what do I do with it? Well, yeah, It yeah. is a big adjustment, mm. I think, um, because, you know, and it's something that people just go through. Mm. Um, Not without
0: vitamin B, though. <laughs> I needed lots of vitamin B and it. I had vitamin B, too, yes.
3: Um, but, you know, this is where getting around other people really helped me, you know, because they, they were always like oh I don't know what to do with myself mm. you know yep. so I was able to get support through um, the AA meetings and people gave me various suggestions like why don't you go and try something that you might like to do as a hobby or you know and it was a bit about relearning in a in, a, in a way to live my life was, well it was without the alcohol so it was just a bit of an adjustment yeah. Well also and you
0: had freedom to go to meetings.
1: Yeah, yeah, you weren't... That was a major... You weren't terrified that you were going to be pulled over or something terrible was going to happen. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Absolutely, yeah. You should
3: develop a, a nice... Oh, here's you, a... Bleeding.
1: You guys Ooh. know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well,
0: you, you know that saying, yeah. if you, you would make the time to go down to the bottle store yeah. and buy yeah. something, you could make the time to work on your recovery or go to a oh, meeting absolutely. or absolutely. you know all those things. But yeah, yeah we certainly... Um, we certainly, uh, we knew how to kill time. That's what we knew as drinkers. Yeah, we certainly did.
1: <laughs> hey, let's, uh, let's head into the river with a bit of talking heads. Great. It's an awesome song, isn't it? It
0: is a good song.
1: (laughs) Look, our team, it just—it always travels so fast. Um, You know, yeah, we're coming to the end of our show. This is the part where we do our acknowledgements. And, um, you know, I just want to remind our listeners that if you want to drink, look, that's your business. But if, you know, you want to stop, uh, we're here to help. So, you know, keep that in mind as you go about your day. Um, Yeah, and would you like to just announce some of the ways that uh, perhaps our listeners can contact us.
0: Absolutely yeah. it would be my pleasure. Folks you can give us a call on 0800 AA Works that's 0800 229 6757 We can uh, also be contacted through our AA Otago Intergroup the web address for that is nz. You could post us a friendly letter even with to uh, AA Otago Intergroup, P.O. Box 6115, Dunedin North in Dunedin, postcode 9059. And please don't hesitate to go onto our website if you're looking for a meeting or some assistance anywhere there. Our website has got a lot of information on it, and that is aa.org.nz. That's O-R-G for org. Thank Wonderful. You. Thanks,
1: Jan. Appreciate that. Um, and look, uh, thank you guys. Thank you. Um, and um, yeah, lovely.
0: Lovely to see <laughs> you. Good times were had. There were some boogieing folks in there with a little bit you didn't see. Dancing but, on
1: the tables but, uh, even. Yeah. No, no. Are you allowed to do, do that anymore? We don't do oh, no, that no, anymore. Like, <laughs> fair okay.
0: We're it was so cheer I remember. <laughs> yeah, we dance with restriction. Yes. Until next time. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Tony.
3: Thanks, Chrissy. Thanks, Jane. Thanks, Tony.